Brian Orndorff of DVDTalk.com says, Its funny bone personality is larger than life. It's a film I adore for its purity of intentions. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times calls it, A comedy so listless, leisurely, and unspirited that it was an act of the will for me to care about it even while I was watching it. And Rita Kempley of the Washington Post says, The moral is a sweet one. If you try, you never fail. The world is graded on a curve. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of summer school. Which one will it be? Greetings, Starfighters. It's time for Ruined Childhoods, where my brother John and I talk about all of the movies and franchises and series that we love and how we can best advise Hollywood to not screw them up. (laughs) Well, the movies that we love, but also movies that maybe we think we should be talking about such as Cannonball Run. Yes, exactly. Uh, Not to say that we didn't enjoy it, but we had never seen it before. Cannonball Run is not a, was not a, you know, beloved film of our, of our youths. So yeah. Of our adult (laughs) lives, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Beloved's going a bit far, but uh, I I definitely found We all had a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. (laughs) We did. I while we're on the subject of Cannonball Run, and first of all, I I'm I'm foregoing my typical news segment uh, since we are. I'm not sure if we're going to be releasing this um, right after the last one, or I'm going to wait a little bit since Dan's going to be uh, out of the country for a little while. So yes. uh, I might put this one in like mid month. But um, I did want to issue a an apology. I feel like we slacked a little bit on not giving all, uh, enough information because there was a cannonball run. And we talked about a script being written by um, Thomas Lennon and Ben Grant, but there yeah. had been something actually in the works that, I mean, must have just fizzled away. I've already forgotten who was involved. It was Aton Cohen. Aton Cohen. What did Aton Cohen do? Um, well, <laughs> apparently not, not the new cannonball run as not the new cannonball run was expected, but he was Aton Cohen, you know, he's, he, um, he's kind of, he worked on, well, I mean, you know, probably not the best credit to start it off with, but, uh, Holmes and Watson. Um, I think he worked on Tropic Thunder. Um, right. I did know that there was some sort of Will Ferrell involvement. Yeah. Yeah, um, Idiocracy, tro- yeah, Tropic mm. Thunder. He was he was a writer on yeah, Get Hard, uh, Men in Black Three, Holmes and Watson, and he's also worked with Mike Judge. Uh, he right. was a writer. He he co-wrote Idiocracy and uh, worked on King of the Hill. Uh, right, and actually goes all the way back to uh, you know Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, so there in June of 2018. So a little over a year ago, um, there was a report on Deadline 
And um, I'm actually reading something from Maxim that quotes the Deadline uh, article, but it says, this isn't a remake as much as a relaunch of a film based on the famous Cannonball Seat to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy race that was captured in the three uh, Hal Needham-directed films that starred Burt Reynolds, so on and so forth. Um, and then it goes on to say... Uh, while we live in an age where auto stunts have gotten so extreme that many fans legitimately hope the Fast and the Furious goes into space, uh, the new Cannonball could benefit from those stunts, but won't be another Fast and the Furious movie. Um, I think we're living in a post or current Fast and Furious world, so I don't think Cannonball uh, can out Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious is its own thing. Um, had the fun of Ocean's Eleven, which makes sense because of the Rat Pack. Um, yeah connection of the of the original not brag pack like i said the last time foolishly um, though man wouldn't it be great though if they had like the brat pack if like one of the cars was just like a van it was emilio estevez molly ringwald judd nelson judd nelson anthony mm-hmm. michael hall Al- they pick up ali sheedy like hitchhiking i don't know um yeah um yeah uh, so uh, Doug Lyman was in early talks to take over directing the Cannonball Run. Um, that was also June of 2018. So probably that the makes same. Sense. That yeah, made sense to I me. Mean, Doug Lyman. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Born Identity, and I'm thinking Go. Oh, okay. I mean, I think that it'd be really fun to have. And this is not an episode about the Cannonball Run again, um, but because you know he did Edge of Tomorrow, it'd be really fun to do. Like, oh yeah, get Tom Cruise in there. Um, so, oh my God, Tom Cruise reprising his role from Days of Thunder as Cole Trickle, my yeah. favorite, perhaps my favorite Tom Cruise character name, Cole Trickle. I love Days of Thunder. I've hot take. I, I don't know if I've Days ever of seen Thunder. it. I prefer it to Top Gun. Really? As they are often, you know, it's Days of Thunder was kind of, you know, it was not, it's not really the same thing, but they called it like, you know, Top Top Gun in cars. But I always preferred Days of Thunder. Um, I liked the cast more. I thought the, the pacing was better. I thought the, the cars, I found the cars more exciting than the planes. Anyway, long story short, I, that's where where I land on the Top Gun Days of Thunder thing. Most people prefer Top Gun. I'm a Days of Thunder well, guy. If if you know me, you know I'm a, you know I'm a Val Kilmer guy. So yes, give me oh, Kilmer, but, and I'm a happy guy. Speaking of John, speaking of so mm-hmm. on the on on the last episode, we uh, I, MacGruber came up. Yeah, and I had you, you were Kunth. Ta- you. <laughs> You were singing its praises, and I stayed quiet because the only time I saw MacGruber was it was like a like one of those like preview screenings, mm-hmm. and uh, I for whatever reason but there were, wasn't a huge fan of it. I I watched it. Um, I watched it yesterday, or I watched. I, you watched I, it yesterday. I had on like last night. I had some of it on like last night as I was finishing up. Uh, grading papers, you know, mm-hmm. um, f- real life teaching as opposed to summer school. But I, um, yeah, so I kind of, I was like, you know what? I can put on MacGruber in the background. That'll be a nice little background thing while I'm, while I'm taking care of business here. And I have to say, I enjoyed it a lot more. 
I definitely appreciated a lot more about uh, Will Forte's performance and about the yeah. the screenplay. Definitely enjoyed Val Kilmer. I always enjoyed Val Kilmer, and I thought Kristen Wiig in that movie was was pretty great from from the get go. Okay, so for me, nothing is better than his obsession with tracking down the person who drives the car with the license plate like KFBR three nine two or whatever it is. The guy who like makes fun of his car, and he yeah. is just his notebooks are filled with the guy's license plate number and he's just obsessed with this. Nothing is better than that. That is the most brilliant like F story of a movie through line joke that just keeps on creeping up and it's done so masterfully. It's so good. It's just, it's, I mean, I I can understand why it was not a big hit. It's so (laughs) just bizarre and profane (laughs) well and i always had an issue with like the snl sketch mcruber when it was on because i was like oh that's so dumb you know just to do like it's so like i don't know tacky to do a macgyver parody you're making fun of a show that's 20 years old (laughs) i i know but then when you actually watch it it's like okay this is actually really smart and weird and the movie does what clearly the you know SNL sketches could never do, oh. and it does it in such a wonderful oh, do they way. Ever. Yeah, the celery in the ass. Uh, well, Val Kilmer's character name. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so good. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's yeah. not what we're talking about on this episode. We're talking about summer school. Summer school, nineteen eighty-seven. Directed by Carl Reiner. You know, and I don't think I even realized that until I picked up the DVD from my local library and I saw his name on the front. I was like, wait a second, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and And he has a cameo in it too. He's in it. Yeah. Did I, I, this is not really like, you know, a big, like, you know, great, wonderful story, but I did have the opportunity once to meet Carl Reiner and. Did you? And shake his hand. Yeah, um, I, I saw him. Give, he did a, a talk at the uh, 92nd Street Y in New York City. Mm. And um, my good friend Lynn Rosenberg uh, brought me along to that. And uh, he had a new novel coming out. And, you know, the novel was was cute. It was funny. And But just hearing him talk and tell stories about everything from working in the Dick Van Dyke show to – you know, the jerk. I don't, I don't think there were too many summer school stories, but, uh, Carl Reiner, just a, a wonderfully funny and intelligent, uh, writer, director, performer. Yeah. Who directed this. And summer school is a, it's a very sweet movie. And, uh, one of the, uh, reviews uh, that that we had at the beginning of the episode, the intro um, from the Washington Post kind of nails it and says, the moral is a sweet one. If you try, you never fail. The world is graded on a curve. And I fully agree with that. It's, it's such a, just a, an earnest movie. And yeah. I feel like Mark Harmon, uh, who I can't say I really have seen much more of his work because I don't watch NCIS or JAG or whatever else he did. He, you know, 
I, I think N- NCIS is pretty much, yeah, I mean. I think he did he on one, other, one of those, one of those yeah. other shows he did. But um, he's just, he'll, he'll always be Mr. Shoop to me. You know, yeah. he's just this, this fun, easygoing gym teacher who just cares about his students. That's base. That's really the core of it. He's not, he's not doing a lot of what he's doing for really selfish reasons. And just to go into a little brief synopsis, summer school, very simple plot. There are a select group of students who failed a particular English test that would require them, uh, that that they need to pass in order to move on. And Mm -hmm. so they need to go to summer school. The teacher who would be teaching summer school, played by Carl Reiner, um, ends up winning $50,000 on a scratcher and says, see you later, kiss my ass. And the only teacher who's around to get suckered into doing to doing summer school for this class <laughs> is Mr. Shoop, the gym teacher, who uh, is, you know, a, a, a beach bum who has a very loyal dog and... Yeah. Just kind of a guy who wants to breeze through life. The only reason why he has a teaching job is that he has summers off. And uh, so he gets roped into teaching these kids. And basically, what's up? Which is, I think it's so funny because he says that you find that out as he says this to the assistant principal, which is funny because when I heard that, the first thing I thought was, oh, he must have tenure. And then like the next line was, you need my recommendation for tenure. So I was like, damn. Yeah. Uh, so it just like ties up that <laughs> question right away. And uh, in order to get this this group of kind of screw ups to uh, to pass this class so that he can get his tenure, he essentially, uh, you know, takes bribes and does grants wishes for the kids. And uh, over the course of this time, uh, manages to turn their uh, their lives around. They turn his life around, and everything doesn't necessarily work out in the end. It it does and it doesn't. It it does in the way that it needs to. Yeah, and it the, does. It also doesn't in the way that it needs to not work out. <laughs> this movie came out thirty two years ago, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil the ending. Pretty much everyone in the class fails, but Mr. Shoop proves that they did accomplish something because of the improvement in their grades. Like some of them went from like an 18 to getting like a 54. And it's, you know, just like looking at to see how well they improved. And the parents are in there and they're saying, um, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen my kid study. And mm-hmm. it brought me to tears. Like, that is what gets the principal to go ahead and grant the tenure. And I, I don't know if he's giving the kids another chance to take the test or what exactly is going on there, but one of them definitely. Rhonda, oh, right, the one, the one who went into labor during the during the test. Yeah. Gets a uh, and, and I gotta say, this the group of students, it's they're they're wonderful. it's such a great cast. Um, you have the, the two horror movie junkies, uh, who, you know, they're teenage delinquents, but they are nice kids. Yeah. You know, they're good. They're good kids. Chainsaw and Dave. 
they just spend all of their time watching horror movies, especially like gory, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Mm -hmm. they just that's all they they care about. And I I feel like we they care about one other thing. Oh, yeah. Care about the foreign exchange student. Yes. Yes. The uh, yeah, the busty foreign exchange student um, who shows up. So um, but yeah, they are. And I feel like a lot of the kids in this are types that I felt like I knew. Like th- like Chainsaw yeah. and Dave, the two guys who love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like I remember that like the the guys I knew in high school who who were like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, they didn't like you know, fail fail out, but you know, I remember the guys who were like you know who would have a, you know the bootleg VHS tapes of never like the the director's cut of Army of Darkness or right, <laughs> you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, another thing to note is that this group of students, they all get along. There's never any fighting amongst them. Um, in fact, the, the one kid who's like the football player, um, Kevin, he ends up dating the, the girl who's pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like a, a nice little con- connection they have. They don't go over the top with it. And it's just like, Hey, we get along with each other. We should go out. Like they just start, they form a relationship. He becomes her Lamaz coach. Um, the Pam played by Courtney Thorne Smith in a very early role. Um, she has this infatuation with, uh, with Mr. Shoop and he never crosses a line and she never forces him to cross the line. I mean the, yes. Okay. The line is crossed that she moves in with him well, he crosses the line with everyone by hosting a party in which high school <laughs> yeah. students are drinking. So, right. let's I figure we'll I'll get to the teacher's perspective on it, <laughs> but yeah, no 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 no. There is yeah, but also I mean Courtney Thorne Smith, this was also so summer of 1987 was I kind of her breakout summer because she was in this and she also had a featured role in Revenge of the Nerds 2. Nerds that's in right. Paradise. Mm-hmm. That's playing, right. Uh, yeah. Lewis's love interest in that. Yeah. But I think she's got much more to work with here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and then there's uh, the character Alan Ekian, the kind of the geek who's not smart. Um, he's got this really high pitched voice and it's kind of funny cause you would expect that he would just get picked on the whole time, but he doesn't, it, you know, people encourage him to, you know, just kind of do his thing. And actually, um, Richard Stephen Horvitz, who, who plays the character, he has done a lot of like cartoon voices. He was the voice of Invader Zim. If you remember that cartoon from the early oh. 2000s. Um, yeah. So much respect to Richard Stephen Horvitz for playing that role so well. Um, I don't know. It, Dean Cameron plays uh, Chainsaw and it's just so memorable. Um, I don't know. I, I could just... And we haven't even talked about Kirstie Alley yet. I, I was I, just going to say we haven't talked about yeah. Kirstie Alley. The fact that you used to live in her neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I, I was out for a walk one day and saw a this house with a giant cage in the front and there were lemurs in it and after lemurs, doing a, that's what it was okay 
he, after doing a Google search, discovered that Kirstie Alley lives in that house and uh, and has these lemurs. And I looked it up again recently, and there was some article about there were articles about how she was selling the house, and it comes with this giant lemur cage. So uh, hope those lemurs are. <laughs> Doing well. That was quite some time ago. So who knows what the deal is? But yeah, Alley. yeah. I totally forgot about that until I was watching it. And they, uh, oh, wait a second. Yeah, she had that house with the. I, I thought it was llamas, but llamas, no, lemurs. lemurs. Yeah, you say llama, I say lemur. You know. Um, yep, and I'm correct, and you're not. I know. Yeah. Anyway, they, yeah, they, they were lemurs. So, and this was also at a time for like a really hot time for Kirstie Alley. It was. Mm-hmm. Let's see, was she on hmm. I want to say this was her I, I think she started on Cheers in in eighty seven. I, I I could be really so this year was off on that. Yeah, I'm gonna just look that up. Uh and this was then of course before the like look who's talking movies. Um post Star see. Trek two. Right. That was eighty two. Yeah. Um do Cheers. Cheers, because she was on the, she was the original, yeah, so she was 87. She was, yeah, she was not the, yeah, she took over for uh, for Shelley Long. Yeah, so, yep, 87. So, uh, before that, yeah, she was not, I mean, she was in TV shows, and, uh, you know, she was in the movie Blind Date in 84, um, oh, this is crazy. So she was in this TV movie, Prince of Bel-Air, that Mark Harmon was also in. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, how about that? Um, but so she plays the real teacher. She's a history teacher that's doing a summer school for AP students next door. So she kind of helps <laughs> him become a good teacher. And they form a a friendship, even though he's kind of hounding her to... Uh, go out with him, although she is going out with the vice principal, Mr. Gibbs, um, who's a total dweeb. What's up? A love, a love triangle that I found very similar to Back to School, the Rodney Dangerfield, mm. Sally Kellerman, and and also I, I think what made me think of it was the like the guy's name is Philip in both of them. Oh. The uh, Paxton Whitehead <laughs> character in Back to School is Philip, and it's like Philip in this, and like the way that she just said it, I was like, "Oh wait a second, this is just like Back to School, just in that." Wow, aspect I did of not it. even pick up on that. The fact that it's just That's- these two polar opposite guys—the one's a total tight ass, and the other one is the other end of the spectrum—and so Back to School was eighty-six. Yeah. Um, trying to see if there were any. The same like writers or anything. Well, I, I don't think so. I think though. Harold Ra- no. Harold Ramis wrote Back to School. I think right, but there was a, a bunch of other writers. I mean, just checking to see if there's any ties, but I don't think so. No. Um, but that is a funny common thread. I wonder if uh, they, you know, were just like, "What do we call that character?" And then Back to School comes out, and it's like, "Man, we'll just call him the same name as that guy." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's probably no connect. It's like, you know, how we were talking about like Dick Tracy and Batman kind of like had similar, like kind of filled similar places in the like movie calendar and also right. had similar plots. 
I, I don't think I think it's a coincidence, but it's just funny because I was like, oh, reminds me back to school, which I love. So back to school is great. Um, so Dan, mm. let's talk about how you are a teacher and have taught summer school. Let's get I into am. it. <laughs> so I am a teacher and I have taught summer school. I taught um, I taught uh, language arts uh, for one summer in um, Bronx and Vision Academy go BEA in the, in the Bronx. <laughs> and I, yeah, so my summer school class was, and it, it's kind of like, so I don't think it's the same everywhere. Like I think some schools you get hired, you go in and they tell you, this is the curriculum you're teaching. This is what you're doing. Other schools are just like, this is what the kids need to like know how to do. This is what they need to learn how to understand. You do that. You think you figure that out. And it's not like you're just like on your mm -hmm. own, you've got tons of support, but there's a lot more freedom. I tend to, I tend to operate better in that type of environment. So that's, and that's the type of environment that, that BEA was. And I was, I had to basically like get th these kids to read things and write about what they're reading and, you know, kind of take what they're given and make new you know, come up with their own take on it. And it ended up just being a course on, uh, it started as I was going to have them read the book fallen angels, which was, uh, not based on the poison song. It's a, uh, Vietnam hmm. novel that is geared towards like middle school, high school okay. readers. It's not at, you know, it's like not as the language is definitely toned down. The imagery is toned down. And what I was doing was kind of having them read that book and along the way watching, um, you know, watching some, some scenes from movies. We, we watched like all of platoon and we watched the second half of full metal jacket. Hmm. The only time I think that's the only time anyone has said, yeah, I just watched the second half of full metal jacket. Usually, I was going to say the first half of full metal jacket is the one that, people remember the most right yeah 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 and it's you know, it's amazing uh but i as i wanted to like kind of give the kids a sense of what they were reading and that sure. the part with the sniper in full metal jacket kind of right kind of worked so so we watched that and and watched but just kind of like show them like all right this is kind of what this was you know, somewhat of the experience of the Vietnam War, you know, as told through cinema and as interpreted through cinema, we watched some parts of documentaries. We talked about the anti-war movement and, you know, it, it was a very, it, 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 it was, I mean, it was a nice, I'd had some of the kids before in, um, in my, in, in my class, I had taught them previously. They, my class wasn't the one that they failed to get into my summer school class. But <laughs> um, as far as that goes, I mean, there's not – I feel like comparing summer school – to the movie summer school and the teaching that goes on to it, that goes on it, and I, just everything that goes on, it, it's – it's a little more comparable to my like regular school experience. The summer yeah. school experience was very much, I mean, you know, the it was 
you know, the kids showed up. These were kids who probably, most of whom, you know, probably had inconsistent attendance. And now it was like, all right, well, now you have to show up every day for like three weeks or you have to show up Monday through Thursday for three weeks. You think you can handle that? And they would. And that was, you know, and you try to, I guess there's, again, there's different philosophies of teaching and some philosophies are the like, you're learning what I, you're you're doing what I give you to do. You have no choice in the matter. This is it. This is the program. You either get with it or you're here again. And then there's kind of the, ah, all right, this isn't working. What else am I going to do? Which is how the Vietnam class ended up being less about like writing about a novel and more about writing about the, the war and writing about the, it became much more based in nonfiction just because that's what was interesting the kids more. And I'm like, well, if my goals are, I need to get them to read something and write about it. Why don't I give them like, you know, Hey, this is a, you know, an interview with a, with a veteran about his experience. Hoping coming, you were going to say vampire coming home an interview with a vampire. Yes. Louis and Lestat, um, in <laughs> Vietnam with Forrest Gump. Uh, why not? Um, hey, the, talk yeah. about a, uh, a, a sequel idea. It's a 1994 <laughs> mashup. But <laughs> what I did find, what I, what I, what I was really, I think this is the first time I've been watching summer school since I've started teaching. And I only started teaching seven years ago. So mm-hmm. really, really like full time. But the way that I came up or the way that I was kind of trained was to be responsive and to be responsive to student needs, which like Mr. Shoup really is. And you also get, you also get, um, you learn that you learn about relationship building. Like there's this, like some new teachers here, like don't smile don't smile in front of the class before Thanksgiving break. Like, let them know you're serious. Don't let down your guard. You know, be... Is that a real thing? That's a real... I, I don't think it is anymore. I don't know how many... It's certainly where where I went, Pace University, did not... Like, that, that was the... That was like, okay, like, some people say that, and that's a bad idea. And here's why that's a bad idea. Um... But I think there are some people that believe that. I'm sure I've worked with people who believe that. And I it's just that's again, not not me, not the way I do things. And so what I want to know though is did you teach any of your students how to drive? Not in the way that Mr. Shoop does with Denise. Though, <laughs> by the way, and I should and I should say this because I know I, I said it about like Chainsaw and Dave, but I have had students that ha- like these. Ca- what got me about this was the like believability of so mm-hmm. much of it, and so many of these characters. Because I've had kids that almost every one of those characters reminded me of. Yeah, like I've had the kids who were like so focused on sports that that nothing else mattered. I didn't have anyone who, I don't, I don't think I've had anyone who's, who stripped though. I don't who knows? know. <laughs> who knows? Um, uh, well, and, and just going back to Denise, it's like the, um, 
the part of her character that's probably very relatable is her dyslexia. That's probably yeah. something that's extremely common. Oh, and that's another and but and that's another thing is that's and one thing I think we think like you know we watched this movie from 1987 and we think oh okay well they didn't really know as much then and now I'm sure she would get help much sooner. Mm, not necessarily. Like if Maybe you're not, not going front high. Not in Oceanfront High. If you're going to public school, if you're going to a public school that's not in a more affluent area, um, chances are there are a lot of kids who already receive special services and there are a lot of kids who need them but aren't classified. So someone like Denise, who like they say, you know, she slipped through the cracks. I yeah. I heard that and I was like, God damn, that's like this movie's from 1987 and that is that still happens. Like that yeah. still happens. I get kids coming in, in my class and I see their, their writing and it's, I'm like, wow, this kid hasn't had, if they're getting to high school and they have these, these issues, then yeah, they've really slipped through the cracks yeah. and it's a lot I also the know, older. Th- I, I also know that the student that you've had that's performed the best spent the entire time in the bathroom. I, if only that was the case for them. Um, <laughs> trust me, I have kids who who have probably spent as much time in the bathroom, but they. So I found that to be very relatable. And on the on the, have I taught my kids to drive? Not definitely not behind the wheel, though. I've mm-hmm. definitely I've said th- like we've talked about it. We've definitely talked about it, and and in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> Seattle's not known for having the best drivers in the world. It's uh-huh, okay. my, the theory I developed when I first moved here was that everyone learns how to drive as though at any moment Sasquatch could come out from the side of the road and run across the road. So that everyone's constantly riding their brakes and like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what to do. Um, it's a very- Well, Dan, uns- you joke, but Sasquatch is very real and that could happen. Well, it did happen in Harry and the Hendersons, but that's another 1987 comedy for another time. Was that 87? <laughs> sure was. 87 was an awesome year for movies. Yeah, we've already done a bunch of movies from 87, I feel like. Well, Summer, Masters. 80, Summer 87 was, uh, I, I feel like, had a lot of memorable hits, Monster Squad, Predator, Full right. Metal Jacket. <laughs> um, that was 87? Jeez. That was a Summer right. 87 movie, yeah. Anyway, so- so that we don't digress from uh from summer school um but yeah i've definitely given advice I, i've definitely like the relationship just to get back to the relationship building it's something that's so important and it's what enables it's really what enables him to to be successful. And honestly, one of the few things that bothered me about the movie was how, how much he sacrifices for Mm -hmm. them and that it takes more than it should for them to kind of turn around and say like, Hey, like, this guy's helped us out a lot. He goes to jail. He goes to jail for two of the kids. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, something else that you have to remember, and I'm not saying that the writing of this movie is perfect, but like teenagers don't care. You know, they don't think about anybody but themselves. 
you know, in most cases. That's an unfair generalization. Okay, th- that's true. I'm, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I from my own teenage experience, I can tell you that it would have taken me a while to empathize with a teacher who's giving up so much. Especially if I'm one of these, you know, so a student or, or somebody who's a teenager who's doesn't care about school in the first place, like these kids for the most part. But, and sometimes you have to wonder why they don't care about school. And I honest, I feel like a lot of what I hear about teachers, I, I think more teachers need to maybe not be as afraid to be more Mr. Shoop. I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying, I'm not saying take him to the petting zoo, <laughs> but, right? Um, you know, just taking the that's time. Not to, a, that's not a euphemism. He actually took them to a pet. Yeah, he takes them. But like getting to know them, um, getting to know, like one thing I, I found myself connecting with and something that I saw in a different respect was the, um, kind of the lack of judgment with Rhonda, the, the student who's pregnant mm-hmm. and there's no, there's never any discussion of like, what did you do? Like, why, why, why did you do this? Why did you make this? And nothing like that. It just is. Which is so, I mean, but that's honestly, it's like, that's what you do. Like you don't, when you have a kid who's in a situation like that, the last thing you want to do is alienate them Mm -hmm. by judging them. Trust me, that kid has already received any, all the judgment they can get. They've, yeah. they've most likely gotten it already. So, and from people whose opinions matter to them more than yours as their teacher. But, um, you know, as I mean, I, I've had students who were pregnant. I've had students who already had kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's like they have the kid. You want them to show up to class. You like you. You first of all have to appreciate that they're there because having a kid is hard and it's exhausting and it's exhausting and hard when you're an adult. I can only imagine if you're 16, right, 17, 18, whatever. Like if you're showing up, if you're still showing up to school, even especially after missing, because these kids, you know, some of them miss a, a whole year of school or a half a year of school, right having these babies and then for them to come back knowing that they're behind knowing that all the other kids are you know they know this about them right like that's so challenging so you have to just kind of first acknowledge the fact that they showed up yeah Yeah. it's like that's awesome like and you and 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 what he says about the improvement is so is so spot on. And I think parents, I mean, not every parent, you're going to have parents who jump down the teacher's throat for, for kids, uh, whatever their shortcomings are academically, but like the parents really going to bat for him is like, I think I've seen a lot of that. I've seen, I mean, we, we all, you know, we hear horror stories about the parents who, who call or who come in and say, why didn't like, you know, why didn't my kid get an A on this? And why didn't this right. happen? And why didn't that happen? But really like the majority of the parents that, 
that I've worked with, all they want to do is know how they can help their kid. And a lot right. of times, and and honestly, it's like, it's not necessarily about the grade, but it's about how the kid feels about themselves. And if you, if, if you have, you know, like if, if you're constantly being told, all right, well, a C equals eh, mediocre average. Right. Now, I mean, now it's like, the, the, I don't hear anyone like, you know, happy, you know, who's like, oh, okay, good. All right. I got to see. That's fine. But the focus on the improvement is really where things should be. And to tell a kid, you know, maybe not to like, you know, not give C's, but to say like, you know, all right, yes. Okay. You got to see on this, but look at how you did the last time you tried something like this you did, you had an improvement and I felt that Shoop not only I think is a really, you know, effective teacher in that respect, in pretty much every respect other than like teaching the subject matter. He's really, he's not only effective, but I think he's a little ahead of his, he's a little forward thinking, especially taken that this is 1987. Well, something else that you also have to keep in mind is that this was written by none other than Jeff Franklin, the person who gave us Full House. Right, right. Yeah, as soon as I saw his name come up, I was like, the Full House guy? And sure enough, so it's like, Jeff Franklin, if nothing else, is certainly the master of like making putting you on someone's side and making you like really root for them. Yeah. And uh you know, say what you will about Full House, but it's like that's he's very effective at creating those characters. I mean, if you will, Uncle Jesse is a bit of a Mr. Shoop. He is a bit of a Mr. Shoop. He Takes matures him a lot longer he- to uh <laughs> to mature as Mr. Shoop, but yeah. Well, you know, you you got to have your Jesse in the Rippers phase. Um, and interestingly enough, I'm, I'm pretty sure Full House debuted in 1987. Entirely possible. Man, worlds collided. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so <laughs> go ahead, John. So, um, before we get into where we would see these, see this movie going in the future, we should acknowledge that there has been discussion of remaking summer school. Um, but the conversation kind of, well, kind of began in like 2005, but really ended 2012 ish. Uh, in I think 2011 or 2012, uh, it was announced that there was going to be a remake, um, produced by happy Madison and Adam Sandler. So, um, I, I don't think that it ever, I mean, it certainly didn't end up going anywhere because we don't we don't have it. But right, I'm wondering really what they were planning on doing. If it was going to be an Adam Sandler thing, I certainly have feelings about that. Um, but I could see how somebody like Adam Sandler could get this type of movie going. Um, yeah, I Which- would be nervous about exactly how. 
it would be dealt with considering the style of humor that his movies tend to take. Um, and I, I feel like it would have actually made for a really good, like happy Madison production 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, you know, like in that, you know, let's take Adam Sandler and put him with whether it's a you know, Joe, Joey Lauren Adams, Drew Barrymore, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever. Um, but I could, I, I, I could totally see that working out, and you know, much in the vein of something like a School of Rock, right? Which is which bears a lot of similarity to it. Another and and uh, another. I think similarity a little, I, not exactly a like sequel or anything related to this, but um, if you if you're familiar with the series, I know we we've talked about it before, but uh, for those of you listening, if you're familiar with the series AP Bio, which right. stars Glenn Howerton as a as a teacher, he I found a lot of even though the the storyline is different and the kids are very different, I found a lot of commonality in how he connects with the students and uh-huh. how he also just avoids teaching them. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought I, I agree a lot with of, you. yeah, I know. I agree with you in that had this been made happy Madison 20 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, rather where it, it could have, he would have been more age appropriate to play that type of, gym teacher character also put him with, you know, Drew Barrymore as the Kirstie Alley. I could have seen that, but now I just, I feel like it would just get lost in the shuffle and wouldn't stick, especially if it was Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talked about too old. Well, we did. And we talked about it in terms, we talked about happy Madison in terms of cannonball run which yeah. I think is a, is a remake or reboot that I think just f- would fit th- that very well. And sure, but but I agree with you. Summer school is not. It's not something that I would just want to that I would want to see. Just kind of a, a remake, and then you know, little to no, you know, fanfare around it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just and not and not and not and I I really I haven't seen any of the happy Madison Netflix productions. So I really can't comment, but I'd be concerned. Netflix is trying to get me to watch this new one, but I'm not biting. What's the new one? Is that the murder mystery? Yeah, I think so. He's got a mustache. Jennifer Aniston's there. The one that I was, I was interested in the one with him and Chris Rock where their kids are getting married. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. That one looked like it might be funny. Um, Yeah. It's yeah, I'm I'm just kind of yeah, I don't feel like that works now for summer school, but I like 2000, 2005 would have yeah. been would have been the way to go. So, what what would you do with summer school? Oh, well, first of all, remake. Yeah. A- absolutely. Um remake uh you know, I I don't really see another <laughs> Another way to go with it. I don't think a sequel where like they all come back for their reunion or like Mr. Shoop's retirement or something is going to (laughs) work. The only way I could see it working is if David Lee Roth and Sean Penn 
have a Mamma Mia scenario with the baby that was up for adoption, Rhonda's baby, because <laughs> as she states, the father could either be David Lee Roth, but he's always on tour, or Sean Penn, but she didn't want to upset Madonna. Was it Madonna at the time? It was, Who at was the it? time it was Madonna, yeah. 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 So uh, get a little Mamma Mia situation going. <laughs> You could probably get Sean. You probably get Sean Penn to be in it, and I don't know. Maybe instead of the songs of ABBA, it could be like Ace of Base. Well, why couldn't it be the songs of Van Halen? It's David Lee Roth. Come on, good, good question. Dance the night away. Why couldn't we have? Yeah, I ain't got nobody. So. Anyway, <laughs> you're you're I agree with you completely. Uh remake. And how would you how would you see that going? Who would you put in it? Well, first of all, um I I would I would definitely probably remove the scenes where Mr. Shoop hosts a house party and lays on his bed with one of his students and has one of his students move 16 in. Sixteen year old. Yeah. Yeah. So um all of that I'm yeah. It, incredibly problematic but uh as far as casting goes uh, i i went so many different directions on this and my first instinct was ryan reynolds i thought really yeah i just i thought again i was like this would be a good like role for ryan reynolds to play that is a little something different than what he's been Mm -hmm. doing more lately but then i also thought of and I, i thought of this actually i was thinking watching MacGruber, directed by uh, Yorma Tacon, directed uh-huh. that, right? I don't know if I'm pronouncing the, his name right. I Tacone, apologize. Tacon, of The Lonely Island. Of The Lonely Island. And and here I am thinking like, well, hmm, Andy Samberg as Mr. Shoop. He's on my that list. Kind of, that kind of works for me. I also yeah. think, I, I know a popular name that comes up a lot here is Donald Glover, but just thinking about He's actors on my list. in that range. And- um, I also, uh, something I was reading an article and, uh, I don't know if, did you see sorry to bother you? Sorry to bother you. Yes. With Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. He's, he's pretty funny and he's great. I would be interested to see, to see him do something like, like this. I mean, I've, I think as far as I know, I've, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him in maybe one other thing, but I know I saw him in sorry to bother you. Yeah. Which he was fantastic. And also his co-star, Army Hammer, would be another good one. <laughs> and you get and you get Timothy Chalamet as one of the students, little reunion action. Oh. Yeah. Um yeah, I didn't really think of any casting for the for the students because Yeah, me either. I don't really know younger people as much as I from Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> you just kinda gotta, you know, pluck them from whatever like Netflix series or TikTok Disney. stars channel tiktok stars yeah you know it's all of my students man do you know how many tiktoks i today was the last day so appropriately today was the last day of school uh for me and uh oh man I was, thank you i signed so many yearbooks today and i was i was in i, nice. I was in a few tiktoks i could be a tiktok star um Whoa. we'll see what happens i don't know i also rapped today in class but that's another story for another time oh, i wrapped yes the is. entire plot of of mice and men Oh my God, you love of, of Mice and Men. I do love Of Mice and Men. It is a <laughs> wonderful book. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of that. Those are like, the, so that was kind of my big, my top four for Shoop. And then also, the I, I don't have him on my list, but 
uh, we were talking Dax Shepard mm-hmm. last time, and I was like, oh, that would be a nice, fun little Dax Shepard Kristen Bell combo. Yeah, could be. Um, the the people that I had on my list, um, Jason Siegel. So I had Jason Siegel on my first list. Uh-huh. You and had a first then list. <laughs> J- Jason Jason Siegel was was on the first draft of the list and then I remembered I I thought about the movie Bad Teacher. Bad Teacher, yeah. Which I like, but he's in that basically playing a gym teacher who Oh, is he a gym teacher? I never like, saw it. Yeah, um Yeah, I say it's not bad. It's pretty funny. Um but yeah, he plays a it's it's I was like it's like close enough and I don't like I don't think anyone's going to think like oh yeah but what about bad teacher it, Yeah so but Jason Jason Siegel I I thought would be would definitely be a a great choice All right here's another one Kate McKinnon Oh Kate McKinnon as she'd be an awesome shoop Yeah 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 I, she's um, she's she's pretty great Yeah she, as far as I'm concerned, can do anything. Uh, I've got Justin Long. Justin Long. What about Alana Glazer? Ooh, Alana Glazer could be really interesting. Yeah. Like, I've only seen a few episodes of Broad City, but I think it's hilarious. You've only seen a few episodes? It's so good. I know. I know. The ones I've seen, I've, I've laughed my ass off at. But yeah. I just thought um, about that. I was like, oh, Lana, she could, she pulls, a, I, I think I'm thinking, I hope I'm not getting confused, but I think I'm thinking of, of the, the one who I'm thinking of. <laughs> With the curly hair? That made, yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So, yes. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I never really think to go to her, but I don't know why not. That would be a really interesting. I feel like she would make it feel more like School of Rock, which mm. in a lot of ways is a a different version of summer school. Yeah, well, I think the the big thing between like School of Rock and AP Bio, the difference between that and summer school is those are about like the the like the the quote unquote honors kids. Yeah, the AP kids and. Yeah, I think what I like about summer school is it's like this this they represent I would say more of the student body. Another person that I had on my list, uh Chris Evans. Love Chris Evans. I feel like okay. he is due for a chance to just do like another straight up comedy, but not another teen movie. But not and but not yes, another, another, not teen, another movie. teen movie. Yeah, no. Yes. And I feel like he would also he I feel like he would fit into the role of a gym teacher really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. and then finally, our one of our favorite go-to's Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because she works for anything. She does. Yeah. I mean, you could and honestly, you could cast her at she could be Shoop. She could be um I'm blanking on the Kirstie Alley character's name. My mind was going to Pam, but that's the student. Yeah. Yeah. So although Uh, that actually makes me think Jenna Fisher would be a Robin Bishop, Robin, right? Robin. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah, I mean, I think that those, those all be great shoops. Um, I, I, I thought of Justin Long 
because I was thinking about his character in the movie Accepted. Uh, kind of the the spirit of that character, I feel like, could be pretty shoopy. Yeah. I could see it. I could see Justin Long. Yeah. Yeah, You why could not? see Justin Long. Why not? Summer School 2020. Summer School 2020. Um, now, <laughs> and on the other end of it, I had a few uh, for the role of of Robin. I was kind of trying to think, you know who who I first of all, Issa Rae. Oh, yeah. So funny. That'd be really and, good. And the and that Robin, like she's not like this stuck up teacher. She's got like she does that whole thing with the gestures with the uh, when she oh, after yeah. they're like cursing and she comes in and she's like maybe learn some gestures and she does like the whole like you know dick in the mouth gesture and right it's kind of it's like oh okay yeah so i was like Issa ray would be really good natalie morales um who i i like that i like natalie morales a lot yeah yeah she's good uh, in everything allison brie oh you know who would be a really interesting shoop who ben schwartz Ben Schwartz. Yeah. I, we're, we're on a Parks and Rec kick now here. All right. I, um, well, that's what got me thinking about it. And then, I, yeah. Uh, did you ever see House of Lies? No. No. He's very the, good on House of Lies. Cheeto, yeah. Yeah. Once that show gets past being like, hey, we're going to show boobs all the time. And then they start to actually yeah. get more serious about stuff. That's when it gets, for me, really good and um hmm. ben schwartz does some really awesome stuff in that show so great well i like ben schwartz sure mm-hmm. now who who are you thinking uh for who did you have for the assistant principal uh you know i Philip. i didn't i didn't go ahead i didn't like casting those but the one person i was just thinking as i we were like kind of talking about it scoot mcnary oh yeah Scoop McNary, who was in, um, he was in Man of Steel. He was on Halt and Catch Fire. He's in everything, and he's everyone's monsters. He's in everything. Yeah, he's in a lot. (laughs) Scoop Scoop McNary would be good. Yeah. Um, My first thought, my first, my first instinct was Steve Carell. Oh, (laughs) and then thinking about, and then thinking about age, I was like, he might be a little old if we're going to have the love yeah. triangle thing. So Bradley Cooper, who hasn't like, has he played an obnoxious character since wedding crashers? Um, not to my knowledge, like a character but, who's meant to be obnoxious. I'm sure people have found right. some of his characters to be obnoxious, but <laughs> like, I feel like he's always playing like either kind of the suave hero or the, the nice guy or, you know, some, a sympathetic character born. or a star is born. Yeah, yeah. He's in the shallow. Um, so I was thinking Bradley Cooper. I also thought Adam Scott. Oh, Adam Scott's so good. Who plays a great douchebag. I like, I would almost want to see him play Shoop and Gibbs, like just wearing different, you know, facial hair or something. Yeah. He's got the beard for as Shoop, I guess, or I don't know. Um, who knows, but I loved him so much in Step Brothers. Well, Hey, talking about that's another Parks and Rec connection yeah um no adam scott's awesome um get john ham as the vice principal (laughs) yeah 
He's, uh, you know, John. There's, Ooh, there's just some, you know, some Ed actors. Helms. Ed Helms as oh, as the assistant principal. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could just keep like on that. listing people I all like day that. and all night. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's also if you're remaking it, we can add other characters. Like Shoop right. doesn't. Shoop's got like his his girlfriend who he's going to Hawaii with. Uh, but then just does she she just ditches him and is like, I'll go by myself. And he's like, fine, I'm going to start hitting on Kirstie Alley. So, but you could definitely add in a remake, like, you know, does he have any other friends who teach at the school or like, right. does he have any other friends? Like, period. Could you get, could you, could you get someone else in there with him? Yeah. Or? Shoop is totally a loner. I mean, he's got his dog and that's basically it. Yeah. Wonder Mutt. Yeah. Wonder Mutt. Um, well, anyway, yeah. if any of you listening have any thoughts about uh, summer school, please email us, ruinchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Uh, if we don't get to that part of this, then we're just going to keep on naming people that could be Shoop. But and I... I, I no yeah. one's got time for that. No, but I do. I, I, I definitely want to say bef- before we, uh, you know, before we close up on this, that the, um, first of all, just my compliments again, like the, the writing of it, these characters are, are very real and like a lot more believable than one would expect. And I think mm-hmm. that the, um, what was I say? His, I had a, I had a note here and I just, I, I lost it. Um, like, oh, so I felt that the stakes were, I think the pacing of this movie is really well done. And I think the stakes are, are, are pretty good and they keep building because first it's just, Hey, he needs the AP's recommendation for 10 years. So he's kind of got to do the summer school gig. So, but then after he's after that first part of the of 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 the movie where he's just taking the kids on field trips and everything and then he gets the um kind of the ultimatum where he has to get all the kids to pass right and then you have and then it just keeps getting more and more like when Ikian negotiates that they're going to work hard for him. He has to grant their wishes. I just, I like mm-hmm. how it, it builds, it builds really nicely and not so much to where you're just like, okay, all right, when are they going to stop this? When are they going to move on? So. I also want to give kudos to the scene where it's uh chainsaw's dream sequence uh, <laughs> where he, he wakes up with the like, prosthetic hand like the movie prop hand like massaging his throat and then he's like waking up and he gets his clothes on he's refreshed he goes to breakfast and he's got this like cleaver family family (laughs) and they're asking him questions and he he's like i can't remember any of the so it's like do you want you know scramble what kind of eggs do you want and he's like what are eggs and then his sister's like how do you spell (laughs) cat and he's like i don't know i don't know anything (laughs) everything is blank (laughs) 
<laughs> that that scene is done so perfectly. I love it. That that scene's great. You got the whole like take. You know that the take your seats gag, mm-hmm. um, which is I mean probably the most f- famous joke from that is when. Mark Harmon gets serious. He says, take your seats and Chainsaw and Dave pick up their desks and say, where should we take them? I, I used that in the, in the play I directed last, last fall. In oh Fools, my God. Neil Simon's That's Fools. amazing. Not like the whole thing, <laughs> but I just had like they, they cause it, the play Fools takes place in a village of idiots and they're all coming together for this wedding. And I had, I, I just had the, um, the magistrate, the character, like his line is supposed to be like, please, please sit down and I just changed it to like, please take your seats so that they could all pick up the benches. And well, it's yeah. all, it's kind of like in uh, men in tights with lend me your ears. And then they all throw their ears. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah lot, <laughs> lots of fun. Lots of fun there. But, um, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I noticed, I was like, he, another teaching technique that he uses that, that I use is when he's trying to get the kids to learn how to like, to, to actually write and he tells them like, look, you write letters to people and you can get yeah. free, you can get free stuff. That is the angle. I tell kids about like, like emails or phone calls that I've made and like using evidence to like get a company to replace something or provide something for free. No. Yeah. That's, that was a great tactic. And it, yeah. So Chainsaw sends a letter to a sunglass company complaining and then it's, he gets sent a whole box of sunglasses. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, the, the the lesson of this is if you're a teacher, don't, like, treating the kids like your enemies, being adversarial with them is not going to get you anywhere. Your success is based on their success and, like, they're teenagers, so a lot of them are not going to do things they don't want to do. <laughs> well, one thing that I feel like I know we keep on talking about it. I feel like a missed opportunity of summer school, considering how Chainsaw and Dave are so drawn to these movies and are clearly really talented at makeup and special effects. They have that scene where they have like the other teacher coming in to replace Shoop, and it's like a horror scene in there (laughs) where they're hanging from the ceiling and they've got eyeballs coming, you know, coming out and bloods everywhere. I feel like that could have been something that would have been used as a lesson where it's like, you have the ability to make something of this talent of yours. But in order to do that, you need to know how to do these other things. But you can, you could. And I think that also like now and you, and in a remake, with the with the capabilities and technology that kids have now, like I look at, I, I always thought my video oh, yeah. projects in high school were pretty good, but damn the production value on the stuff my kids do now, it's amazing. Yeah. So I think that I think the whole I think like phones and the issue of phones in the classroom could be so well tackled because it's another thing where some teachers are like, no phones. If I see a phone, you have a detention. And then there's the other teachers who are like, you know, well, there's, I have an Instagram feed for my students Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I use it because I see my kids on Instagram all the time. So I'm like, all right, well, if I post homework assignments on Instagram, I know they'll see them. I follow it and I see it sometimes not remembering what exactly it is. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this? There's oh, a yeah. test. Wait, there's an essay due. <laughs> oh no. Wake up in a cold sweat. Every- what are eggs? 
<laughs> but yeah, it's it's. So, I think it's another. There's so many more things that you could tap into with education now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Dan, do you want to tell everyone what our next movie is going to be? All right. So coming up next, we are going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 1989 action classic Roadhouse. You would consider it action? I guess action drama, <laughs> philosophical, yeah. philosophical action, I guess. It's it's one of the um, male butt cheek movies of the eighties that can't be missed. <laughs> is that a? Is, did you just make that up? Oh, I guess I don't know. I, I think so, but it's true. Well, it's amazing, no, because you said that, and I'm like, like five other movies. I'm I'm like, oh wait, Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Tango. When did Tango and Cash come out? Eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The year of the male butt cheek. They and they parodied that in Loaded Weapon. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So so Roadhouse. Uh, Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch. Um. Anyone else? Uh. uh yeah. Oh, why am I blanking? Hardcore on... legend Terry Funk. <laughs> what? So yes, professional wrestler Terry Funk. The hardcore legend plays one of the bouncers in the bar when he when Patrick Swayze first shows up there and then he like fires all the other bouncers. Terry Funk is like one of those guys. And isn't Sam Elliott in it? Oh, yes. Sam Elliott is in it. You are right. Uh, It's anyway, uh, I'm excited to revisit. I'm excited to revisit this movie, um, yes. and I'm also excited to watch Summer School again because uh, last night I showed uh, Laura, my wife, the trailer to Summer School, and she was like, uh, yes, I definitely want to watch this. So I will be watching it again soon. That's great. I mean, what a what a fun movie. And uh, It is honestly, so fun. I don't know if I have ever, I don't know if I had ever really like sat down and watched it before like i don't i don't remember the first time i saw i didn't see it in the theater i mean comedy central hbo probably hbo you watch it for like 15 minutes you know put it on and do something else but like man i really enjoyed it so if you haven't seen summer school i i I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about it (laughs) i found the dvd at my local library um I looked it up online. There were three copies in the library system here, and all three were available. One of them at the library that's a block and a half away from my house. So I marched on over there and picked up summer school. I had to put a hold on it at at my library. It's very popular. (laughs) I think there's five copies rotating around the system. And Anyway, long story short, folks, support your local library. It's always so encouraging to see like these types of movies that there are copies of them that people actually have out and are watching. It's, and it's like, yeah, someone's like, Oh yeah, I watch summer, summer school from the library. Yeah. That sounds like a great yeah. idea. Oh, I had to <laughs> wait a couple of days for cannonball run. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Worth it. Worth the wait. Worth anyway, every tax penny. Ruinchildhoodspod at gmail.com. We are at ruinchildhoodspod on Instagram. Um, 
And that's what I got. Got anything else, Dan? No, man. We'll see you at the Roadhouse. Yeah, good journey. Good journey. Tension breaker had to be done. Good luck, gang. Ready? Begin. Thank you.